Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Pitch Talk. We are fans of football dropping vlogs, videos and podcasts on the beautiful game. Check out our videos on YouTube and Instagram's IGTV. Including special feature segments, vlogs such as... 5 Minutes with a G. The Straight Shooting View. Coaching with JBK. Audio on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podomatic, Spotify and other podcast platforms. Join the Pitch Talk revolution on social media. Twitter, Instagram. We have a group and fan page on Facebook. The pitch is where we eat. The pitch is where we sleep. And the pitch is where we talk. Welcome to the Straight Shooting View. Hey, what's up, people? My name is Straight Shooting LJ. Welcome to another episode of the Straight Shooting View. Now, I want to continue the topic of my last vlog, which is about this breakaway European Super League. Now, we know the teams, especially the Premier League ones, and we've seen the backlash. But over the last few days since the plans were announced on Sunday, April 18th, 2021, we know a bit more than we did then. And now we know that this abhorrent adventure is over for now. So let's dive in. And you know, what? I want to open up by saying that competition is a good thing and not the same competition all the time. I mean, from Audi and Lidl scaring the crap out of Sainsbury's and Tesco to the point where Sainsbury's a price match in Audi, having literally given Audi all the free press in the world on their adverts and in stores with the price match notices around to West Ham and Leicester fighting for Champions League places and a side like Leicester winning the Premier League title. Now, as a copite, aka a Liverpool supporter, I'd like to say thank you, FSG, for what you've done for our club and the success you've brought, brought over the past five years. But screw you for what you tried to do to the game we love with this breakaway Super League involvement and tarnishing of the club's image. We are fans, not customers, and the game is ours, not yours, to buy off and compartmentalise. Now, firstly, I found it funny that Spurs sacked Jose Mourinho during this entire crap show, six days before the Carabao Cup final. Almost like they either tried to use that to deflect from their involvement in the Super League plans, or they used the full array around the Super League plans to sweep Mourinho's sacking and the close proximity to the Cup final under the rug. Either, well, either way, well played Spurs. Some people fell for the distraction technique, like the government negotiating Brexit during the COVID-19 pandemic. But you know what, yeah? In fairness to Gary Neville, who I did and do still feel like he's a hypocrite who toes the Sky Sports company line, the segment from Monday Night Football on April 19th, 24 hours after the Super League announcement, I can get behind. And as someone who doesn't even support Man United or Chelsea, I've always said from day one that Abramovich and the Glazers were bad for football. Whether it be Roman buying the league or the Glazer family strip mining Man United through the original purchase of them and the stock exchange flotation and what they're doing with that. But sadly, some fans associated by winning trophies. That's why the Newton Heath gimmick didn't last for long and Chelsea fans love Abramovich. But I'm also glad that Gillette and Hicks got mentioned by Neville as we had the same issue as the Glazers, but we forced them out with continued pressure and protest. Now, Prince William getting involved. Fair dues. I wouldn't expect anything from the government as I've seen how they've handled the pandemic, so no confidence in them. But I'm glad to see the general outcry from fans of each of the six clubs because it's a disgraceful power grab all the way round from the so-called big six owners. 
One of the saddest things for me is the FA and this is the problem with the way football has gone here. And I said in my vlog before, it's a shame the FA can't swoop in and tell the Premier League that this isn't happening and won't happen. But again, we know who has the power in the game here. Just look at the club v country issue. But as mentioned previously, the Super League talk seems to pop up every few years, but twice in six months during a pandemic to me shows how desperate some owners are to unscrupulously stockpile money and strip mine the game we all love and sacrifice for. I mean, my fellow Pitch Talk co-host JBK brought up a very good point about it only taking the big clubs to just mention that they want to leave the Champions and Europa Leagues for UEFA to react, but a racist comment only gets a 10-game ban and takes ages. And that's a fair point. With the sanctions that UEFA were talking about, you'd think that they said that the clubs said they were going to murder someone. And it's funny that you muck around with their money and all of a sudden they get serious real quick. But racism takes ages and generally the punishments are pointless. It's funny, isn't it? But with the Super League in terms of structure, it literally wasn't practical to me to have this alongside the current structure because clubs already moan about the pack schedule with the Champions League and the Europa League. And that's without factoring in qualifying rounds or the domestic cuts. But 3.5 billion euros, about 300 million per club for the setup costs to offset the pandemic would have sweetened the deal just a little bit. But just like in retail, greed has accelerated plans that rule the emotion. For example, automation in retail and power grabs like the Super League that neither sector could get away with an even attempting pre-pandemic. But Mesut Ozil said something interesting about the Super League plans and it kind of relates to Pep Guardiola's comments about it not being as exciting if success is guaranteed, which is a fair comment. But as they were talking about the allure of big teams only playing each other a couple times a season, is one that can't be ignored. As with only 15 to 20 teams in the league, you'd end up potentially playing each other three, four times, in theory anyway, especially if you progress from the league part. So like in La Liga, how many times do Real Madrid and Barcelona play each other per season? I mean, they play each other too much for me, and it's not that special. And you quickly succumb to overexposure, and you drive fans away with that. For the wrestling fans, ask Eric Bischoff about Nitro Guy at the Three Hours and the introduction of WCW Thunder. But as my pitch talk co-host, the G-Man, said, that's the American model of doing things. It's not our game here or in Europe. And again, to reference former WCW president and now WWE Hall of Famer Eric Bischoff and what he said about wrestling, it's about stakes. And with the franchise model, there are no real stakes, from what I understand of it. And in the Super League, with the money being guaranteed and no promotion or relegation, there are no stakes. There's nothing at risk. But a friend of mine um, actually did ask me if I'd accept the European Super League if promotion and relegation were brought into the structure. But I wouldn't because I'm opposed to the idea and the structure. As I said in my vlog previously, it widens the gaps between the haves and have-nots in football, especially at grassroots level. And barely anything already gets filtered down and the new UEFA structure potentially divides the pie even more and the big clubs, I think, are pissed about that. Plus a new midweek league, even if it replaces the Champions and Europa Leagues, it has the same logistical headaches as the Europa League now. But also with the broadcasters, their focus will be wherever the big clubs are because they are the big draws financially. So the obvious knock-on effect is there. I mean, look how much resources the Premier League takes and how much it leaves for everyone else. Now, for me, wealth in the game, as it is now and for many potential Super League, has to be distributed fairly. And I've said this for years. But even though it's a lot fairer here in the Premier League than, say, La Liga, 
that fairness is only for the top 20 and the European Super League would widen that chasm because that's where the power base would shift to and where a lot of the money will go and the fact that JP Morgan are bankrolling it were bankrolling it and offering 300 million to each of the founder clubs to sign up I said before can't be ignored but upping the percentage of what goes down to grassroots level significantly would help. And the Save Rock Grassroots campaign has been campaigning for years for the Premier League to invest just 5% of what they get from each TV deal. And the only way that I'd even get halfway behind any sort of super or breakaway league is if they committed to invest in, say, 25 to 30% at least of their annual revenue to grassroots football per country upping up to 40% if more than four nations from one country are represented at a time. So each country at least gets 8 9%. And I'd want that in writing with a firm definition of grassroots football and proof of where that money is going with multi-million pound sanctions for non-adherents. But we know that won't happen as the Premier League has shown because they've only ever given a maximum of what? 1%? And that's like, that's been like getting blood out of a stone. And my co-host, the G-Man, actually agreed that the amounts were a good idea, but not realistic. And I said to him, it wouldn't be one person giving it up and it could easily be done between a group. But as I said, we know it won't happen, even if the percentages were only 10 to 15%. But for me, with guys like the Glazers, Agnelli, Florentino Perez leading the league, among others like Abramovich, Levy and FSG, it'll only, be, it'll only ever be themselves that these ruthless businessmen and with the backing of JP Morgan, they've got the financial clout to do it. They'll only look after themselves. But in, foot, but in football, but to save football, Florentino Perez's abhorrent stance is a disgrace. And Abramovich, true to form, Levy, businessman, looking to, desperate to make Spurs look like a top-tier side, so he doesn't care about selling out. Cronky's always seen Arsenal as nothing but cash cow, and FSG, sadly, masqueraded, saying they're going to bring us success by making us sustainable, not being billionaire benefactors, pumping money in. That's what pisses me off about FSG the most. Now they're trying to make a mint by selling us as a club out and the fans out for this BS Super League gimmick. I swear David Dean was back in Scudamore with the 39th game, which seems rather quaint now in comparison. But a super club for me is based on fan base and value, but the Champions League hasn't been, in my view, a proper Champions League since the mid-90s, if you're being technical. But the Super League would be even more of a close shop. A small league, and UEFA don't want another competition that it doesn't have overall control over. And the big clubs, well, like the Premier League, it's all about money, power and control. And with the pandemic and everything else going on, it makes this look even more underhanded and fucked up. Because I've, criti I've critiqued all these governing bodies in that respect, so I don't think I need to say much more on it. But one of the problems, again, is the closed shop becoming even more closed. And clubs dying out, especially at the base of the pyramid of football, football and pyramid, is not a good thing. Especially as the economy is not in a good spot right now. Because so much has been devalued, it's going to be tough for the economy to bounce back. And the breakaway league widens that gap. And if you look at the difference between the Football League TV deal and the Premier League deal, it's really messed up how wide that gap is. And remember what happened with ITV Digital. ITV Digital nearly destroyed most of the Football League and the Premier League greed has already been costly. Especially when you go further down the football period. So to me, it's sad that people, some people only speak up and shoot their mouths off about something wrong or an injustice when something big happens or could happen in this case, could have happened. Not just in football, 
but in society, Gary Neville, Boris Johnson, and a lot of these pundits, I'm looking at you. Anyway, Boris Johnson could shoot his mouth off all he wants, but with the way his government has been, well, especially handling this pandemic, he's shown that he's more full of more crap than a Christmas turkey, to borrow a phrase from Jim Cornette, because he may have the power, but just like the footballing powers that be, he hasn't got the balls to not only go through with or enforce anything against football because at the end of the day he's got bigger things to fix like the PPE scandal and, Matt, and cronyism with Matt Hancock among others sort that out along with the economy because the furlough scheme is a short-term solution to a long-term problem then go for football because football's a microcosm of society more on that later but in regards to government involvement also FIFA rules prohibit it and they threatened to kick Spain out of the 2018 World Cup and they actually did suspend Nigeria for government interference and of course yes the government are more important are more powerful than FIFA but FIFA has to deal with clubs on a daily basis and this Tory government mirrors blatters FIFA when it comes to corruption and good old boy networks but for me it comes as no real surprise that on Tuesday morning April 20th that the 14 Premier League clubs not involved in the breakaway competition unanimously and vigorously rejected the Super League plans and it was interesting that the 14 clubs wanted the six breakaway teams clubs to remain in the league but they made it clear that some people from the six wouldn't be welcomed back into the division and you could probably guess who those individuals were but at least they weren't saying a blanket effort to everyone and anyone associated with and from those clubs because obviously they can't afford to but it also shows that they realise the owners are to blame, not the coaches or other staff who were put in a really tough position, especially contractually. And it was alleged that Jose Mourinho's sacking was actually to do with him speaking out against the Super League plans, which, if true, props to him. And after the Leeds one all draw with Liverpool, you could see Jurgen Klopp wanting to say a lot, but his hands were tied. But for me, another major part of the problem that I mentioned in my that mentioned in my vlog as well, and one back in February that I did about breakaway leagues and idle threats from FIFA, is that FIFA is the world governing body in football, above UEFA, above the FA, and FIFA president Infantino, who's been looking to launch an expanded club World Cup that would involve a lot of teams who were part of the breakaway could only muster some weak statement late on Sunday which said FIFA disapproves of the Super League plans which for me shows you all you need to know about FIFA and their idle threats because they don't want to burn bridges and that's and to me I just thought to myself at least UEFA came out swinging to a lesser extent so did the Premier League with their statement but the FA weak statement FIFA weak statement but Seferin's comments about not realising we had snakes right next to us, referring to Juve's owner Agnelli, came across naive and pay. Like FIFA saying they didn't expect collusion with the award in the two World Cups at once. But Everton, props to them, came out with a stronger statement than FIFA and the FA combined. And part of me was like, good on them. But the other half of me was like, it's kind of posturing. I kind of agree with the G-Man. But at least they came out strongly and said something. Unlike some of the aforementioned powers that be in the game. And remember Martin Glenn's words after Sam Allardyce was sacked for saying he'd take bungs, obviously. The FA are the guardians of the game. Some guardians they are. They are. <laughs> I mean, as mentioned in my previous vlog, this looked like a BS power and money grab. And I wonder what has been sacrificed to get these club owners back from the brink of bringing down or at least attempting to bring down football as we know it. How much has had to be sacrificed to satiate their desires? Because this is only a temporary setback. And once the dust is truly settled, don't be surprised if this crops up again. Because this Super League idea personally is concerning 
due to the fact that even though it was a BS power and money grab, the concern is what was given up or sacrificed to satiate these these owners to get them to U-turn. Or did they realize there's no honor among thieves and if crap had gone south with UEFA and FIFA lawsuits, they'd have been hung out to dry and they just started sniping at each other. And so the teams that held out a little longer, what did they get? For me, JP Morgan were gonna get involved. That should have been the concern, long-term, because if, I think this is delaying the inevitable. And the fact that there are powerful entities willing to get behind these things and all just a group of rebel club owners have to do is announce plans and entities like JP Morgan get on board, that's concerning. But one of the issues to accommodate it, even based on a meritocratic method, you'd literally have to tear up the current structure and you devalue it as well like the creation of the Premier League has done to the rest of the Football League, especially when you look at TV rights. And it's been detrimental to a lot of areas of the game as well. And it's directly resulted in where we are today. A small group of clubs having a lot more power than they should and amoral owners who are willing to exploit that power to the detriment of every, everyone else. And that said, it's almost an inevitability as it's literally been a generation, 25 plus years now, since the Premier League started. But the issue for me is that the methodology and the reasoning behind this breakaway is fundamentally wrong in terms of the interest in the game. And it will be, it would have been incorrectly implemented because of it. But on Tuesday, the 20th of April, that was an interesting day, especially the evening with the flurry of news with heads rolling, not Edward Wood, because he was due to leave it at the end of the year anyway but I was peed off worried concerned about this whole thing because I said with the financial backing it had it looked a lot more like a legitimate threat this time but I truly do believe that just because something is inevitable it doesn't mean it's a good thing and now the owners of each and every one of these big six clubs who wanted to join the Super League they've got some serious groveling and bending offences to do not just with the other sides in the Premier League but also with the fans who although it looks like our dissenting voices won the trust has been broken and in some cases beyond repair and in regards to Man United for instance it will be interesting to see what it does to their share price same with Real Madrid because some have been speculating that if it tumbles massively, the Glazers could end up selling up. But they weathered the Newton Heath storm and they're creaming half of everything Man United make on the New York Stock Exchange after doing the leverage buy up the buy the club in the first place. So I think they're going nowhere. And FSG recently secured about 500 plus million worth of investment from Redbird, which includes LeBron James for a 10% stake in the club. So they're going nowhere either. But the fallout to all of this has seen the UK culture secretary, Oliver Dowden, get involved due to the Super League threat. And he's finally launched a government review into football. But it's a review that was initially pledged in the Conservatives election manifesto back in 2019. And it will be led by former sports minister Tracy Crouch. But remember, a review only looks at thing, how things are and will generally only make recommendations. And those have to be acted upon. So I'll be awaiting the results, but not holding my breath on anything changing, at least in the short term. But one thing that's for sure, change needs to happen. And unfortunately, change will only happen if it's forced through a consistent and continuous effort. And also, it must be mentioned as well that even though Dowden has said he's been speaking with Alexander Seferin, the head of UEFA, the powers that be such as FIFA, UEFA and RFA and the Premier League are the major parts of the problem access and transparency will definitely be an issue 
as always with closed shop style organizations and as I said before these create these entities have created their own monsters so if one thing's for sure these entities also need to be held as accountable if not more accountable than the owners of these clubs as there are gaping holes in the system such as a legitimate fit and proper persons test as mentioned previously look at how the Glazers are stripped mine at Man United and after how they bought them look at how Gillette and Hicks took over and almost ran Liverpool Football Club out of existence look at Man City they had tax in Shinawatra as a previous owner a man who was indicted on corruption charges and those are just a few Premier League examples the EFL has its own government issues to answer for as well Massimo Cellino and based on the reaction to the Super League as Patrick Bamford method it's a shame that other things like racism and issues such as lack of diversity at the top of the game don't get this attention from the powers that be in football but you know what coming back shout out to the supporters group and the fans who made their voices heard on social media and the protests as well and helped stop this but I fear there are greater battles that lie ahead because sponsors play the part in this too and as Adidas have proven with Trump transfers like Pogba to Man United for instance they have clout and if they'd have gone with the Super League ideas I think the club owners would have pushed through because they've shown that they don't care about the fans so why would they listen to what they say alone sponsors not legal action I think was the kicker as sponsors I think realized if you pee off the fans you lose money so they said to the club owners if you go through with this not only will you lose the fans You'll lose us and you'll lose money because you'll lose us money. And I find it funny that these club owners, before the backlash, were going like the hook to the tune, it ain't personal by R. Kelly and Jay-Z. Ain't no rules in this war for this green because this is business and it ain't personal. But when they had to back down, in part due to the fans, they got real personal with the apologies. Looking at you, John W. Henry. And yes, you got it wrong and you failed us all of us not just Liverpool fans all of football but I disagree with some who feel that the owners didn't know what the reaction would be because I think they knew what the reaction would be but I don't think they expected such a unified condemnation of them and universal rebuking of the plans and I don't think also that they thought the media would side with the fans as a lot of media outlets to quote Frankie Boyle have the morals of a mosquito but Wednesday 21st of April the PR salvage mission got underway but as mentioned earlier it's going to take a lot more than groveling apologies and brown nosing to fix the severed trust this whole and this whole saga has highlighted a lot more deeper issues than some expected it to or wanted it to and with that in mind I'd like to finish off with some foreshadowing and to quote my friend and fellow Pitch Talk co-host the G-Man host of 5 Minutes with the G in terms of saying Next time there's a hint of corruption from FIFA or UEFA, I want to see this same energy. Next case of racism, I want to see this same energy. Next story about abuse in football, I want this same energy. Because from what I can see, corruption, racism and abuse is not bad for the game. And I agree totally with the G-Man on, like, on those sentiments. Because the way... The way UEFA, FIFA, the Premier League, FA was so quick to react. And we had the Glenn camera, um, the camera Kudera thing, which took, what, a over a week, week and a half to dish out those bans? Camera's three-match ban and Kudera's ten-match ban. It took, it took a while. And literally, 
FIFA, UEFA, the Premier League, UEFA, within 24 hours, had their responses to this Super League. There is an issue as well. Uh, I swear, man. Football has got its priorities all muddled up. And I said it's not even a new thing. But you muck around with people's money, you see how quickly people get serious. Especially the powers that be in football. Uh, but anyway, I have been straight shooting LJA and I want to know your views. Comments section is below. Let me know your views. I want to know what you think. The breakaway Super Leagues. The idea and the notion of it. Was it wrong? I understand why these entities did it. But I don't agree with it. From a business perspective, I understand why. But I don't agree with it. Do you agree with it? Do you think they were right to do it from a business perspective, but wrong from a footballing perspective? Do you think it could have worked? How important do you think that JP Morgan would have been? In terms of the incentives they were offering, I think they were massive. But what do you think? At Pitch Talk on Twitter, tweet with us, follow us, see what we are up to. Facebook.com forward slash Pitch Talk. Become a fan, become a friend, become a member of the group. Join the footballing revolution. We are working so hard to create. YouTube.com forward slash Pitch Talk for all of our videos as well. Remember, you can catch up with us on Instagram at Pitch Talk on Instagram as well for previews of our vlogs, such as Coaching with JBK, The Straight Shooting View, and Five Minutes with the G, all of which you can catch on YouTube. You can also catch audio versions of our podcast as well on Podomatic, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Deezer, Amazon Music, Player FM. You can pick it up as well via our RSS feed too. All of those options, all those options. So, it is one of them ones, I said, man. These breakaway leagues. <sighs> it's disappointing. Disappointing, frustrating, angering, all of which in equal measure. And I hate that it took that for football to step up and react. But I'm glad the fans united. But there was a lot of hypocrisy during this. Bye. I have been straight shooting LJAN for another episode of the Straight Shooting View. I will say farewell. Thank you for your time and I will see you next time. Join the Pitch Talk Revolution on social media, dropping vlogs, videos and podcasts on the beautiful game.